This episode has been recorded on Treaty 6 territory. You know, sometimes you kind of got to... Quen lives in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. She sustained a C6-7 spinal cord injury at the age of 22 and started her new adventure in life. She is a motivational speaker, teacher, advocate, and outdoor adventurer known as the Mighty Quen. She is the first quadriplegic comic book letterer in the world to work with DC Comics and first to wield the Great Wall of China. By day, she works full-time as community relations and employment coordinator, helping people with various abilities, looking for employment and job coaching, being a mom, adventure seeker, and disability advocate. By night, she fights the evil villain called inaccessibility by creating comic strips that deal with disability issues. Where will the mighty Quinn head to next? Stay tuned and check out her website at www.quentang.com. And Quen is here today talking with us about herself, what it's like being a quadriplegic, her story, and being a mom. Being a mom, Tash, what's up? Also, this is my first time meeting her, and I was obsessed so uh you all are gonna be too let's go welcome i thank you for being here i am like shaking and it's not a spasm i'm so excited um to talk to you on our show today oh hello people so we we kind of thought that like like there's a whole amalgamation of of things that i just love to pick your brain about one of them being that we are both quads. We are, and and I have history with you, my dear. Holy, yeah. you are like the first positive person with a spinal cord injury, quadriplegic memory that I have coming into the world of SCI, for real. Like one of my earliest memories of us is you coming into my hospital room when I'm in my hospital bed and asking me something about like my last bowel routine or like, you know, did you take a big poop today or something? Something yeah, along those lines. I've heard that story. And, and like the truth is that it is, it is like our bodies need to be taken care of for our survival in like such a more functional way that it almost like desensitizes these topics, right? And so, sorry, I'm not throwing you under the bus. Hey, the if you're a quad, you got to start with a poop talk or else, you know, that's how you break the ice these days. Yeah. I think so. It, I think so. Why not? It, and it just, like, it, it was such a huge, like, and I mean, that's not even, like, the, like, tiniest morsel of the influence that you've had on me in my life. But that's just, like, a very early memory that is significant. So, sorry if you never knew that before, but now everybody else does too. <laughs> but I remember, it, next time I meet a quad, I'm yeah. going to start with a poop talk. Yeah. Just get right into you it. You know, it's, it's just so important. Like, our bodies are so run on bowel and bladder and skin and everything that we, you know, that it just, it becomes so normalized, I think, in our community to talk about these things because they're just such a necessity and then they just become the norm. You know, you know, I think the reason why it's the norm is those are the things that, that we can control. 
and most of us have the most issues with mm-hmm. and that we're allowing that to define us whether we're happy in this world or not and i find that we're so much more than the poop talk and <laughs> the fact that you know we have lost so much we we have to give up so much in life mm-hmm. i think once we get used to the fact that it's normal to not have a regular bowel routine it's normal mm-hmm. to like ha- be incontinent and you just have to know that is okay mm-hmm. that we just don't do it like everybody else mm-hmm. and once we get over and that's the biggest hump that most persons with spinal cord injury especially quadriplegics that can't get over that yeah. is the fact that the bowel and the bladder is not working yeah and i mean this is something that um like maria has says she talks about poop all the time with people well i talk about poop all the time because of, of mostly because of my mom and she has colon cancer and all the rest of it so it's it's you have to really be conscious of that because constipation is definitely like her her type is was caused most likely maybe could have been i'm not a doctor but it's not hereditary it's not got any of those markers so it's definitely like a function that needs to be taken care of and like taken you know seriously just because you're like if shit ain't moving <laughs> like you you got you got bigger problems going on you yeah. know and and if your if your main kind of like stuff isn't going for a certain reason you got to figure out how to get it going yeah Yeah. and i mean like for one thing the inconvenience of you know bowel and bladder accidents that that it just it really our lives are just so scheduled around these events really and that it can be it just can be like very time consuming and all of that is uh is important. It's important to our health. It's important to an able-bodied person's health because, like, you know, the more you are backed up, that's just wasting your body building up, and it's just, you know, everybody needs to get rid of it. But I remember kind of coming into the injury and being so embarrassed by this topic because, you know, in the ableist world, it's not normalized, or at least it wasn't, you know, at the time when I was that young and impressionable. And well, yeah, just, young. I had, you know, nurses would come and ask me on a daily basis, like, how large was your last bowel movement? And did you, you know, and like, right, and then when it happened in front of my friends or family is when I would just like, like emotionally lose my shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. so embarrassing. And you're just like, ah, well, how was yours? You know, that's literally what I have said back. But the truth is, like, you know, there are bigger problems out there to deal with. The the, the poop and the pee talk, I think, is a common amongst women and men. As soon as you have a spinal cord injury, the first thing that they ask anybody else is how to figure out their poop routine, how to figure out their catheterization so that they don't embarrass themselves yeah. in front of family. And what we don't talk about is the fact that what if it actually happens in front of other people? Mm. How do you emotionally deal with that? How do you get over the embarrassment? And how, how do you get over the fact that and get used to that it's okay? Mm-hmm. Th- those are the hardest things. It's not about, like, for me, it's great to have the right routine, the right timing, so that we can live a life in between routines. 
But what people don't talk about, and it's very difficult to talk about. What if we're doing this show right now, and suddenly both Nat and I have an uh-oh moment? Yeah. And we don't talk about what do you do in that uh-oh moment. Do we carefully excuse ourselves and say, "Oh, I'm just gonna go into my bedroom briefly," or do we say, "Oh my shit,"、mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. and make a joke out of it and be okay, or do we just pack up and pretend that it's not happening and then have a major AD attack because、yeah. of it and go through all the health disasters、yeah. after having, you know, an AD attack because of、yeah. our routine is having an issue. We we don't. Sorry, what's an idiot? Sorry, autonomic dysreflexia. So where our blood pressure literally doubles, triples、oh. because we need to go and we're not relieving ourselves at that moment.、Oh, okay. So then the blood pressure build higher and higher, and then our body could literally have a brain aneurysm、shit. if we don't deal with that. Yeah, like, literally, if we don't shit, we could just die if our AD. Yeah, exactly. And your body will, our bodies will tell us. In different ways, so we might get we might turn really red or get goosebumps,、oh, um, you know, or like、uh, eventually have a seizure. Yeah. So I always start with my tip of my nose feeling cold. Really? And that, yeah. And then I get a shiver on my spine.、Huh. I know that I have to go.、Uh-huh. But if I have a little bit pressure on my belly, I know that I have to go to the bathroom、yeah. like a catheterize. Yeah.、Uh-huh. But but that's the thing is that. Again, I've heard so many shows where you know people talk about the BM routine, like the poop and the pee. But again, no one ever talks about how to deal with it afterward, the、yeah. emotional roller coaster、yeah. that we go through, and how to how to get over it. Well, what would you do, or what have you ever had to do? Like, what you is know, your tactic? <laughs> I am about to celebrate my twenty-first year of being a quad this wow. August. Wow! My God,、Woo. can you believe that? <laughs> I'm so、yeah. happy you get there before I do. <laughs> so yeah, so twenty-one years of embarrassing myself <laughs> in front、yeah. of people.、Uh, so, for example, I flew to Shanghai to meet my husband for a vacation. Yeah, and. I thought I planned everything. I had a bowel routine the morning before I got on the plane. I made sure I ate almost nothing for like a day before, <laughs> and、oh、I made、God. sure my liquid was down.、Right. I was pretty much eating like crackers,、uh, just so that I'm not gonna have any issues. You don't need to poop on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. So about. About half an hour before landing, I had an uh-oh moment. Oh my god! I was on the plane, sitting、oh、amongst、god. hundreds of people. Yeah. And I was on my own. Oh, oh shit! My gosh. Well, my caregiver was there, but she was catching the next flight out of Shanghai, so she dumped all my stuff by the exit. And took off without telling me.、Uh, first、Whoa. of all, all my documentation and my money was in my purse. And in China, you if you even stare at your purse and not let it be close to you, all that will be gone in seconds.、Oh、She didn't tell anybody. She just left my stuff by the door and took off. Yeah.、Holy. And here I'm having these uh oh moment. 
that something wrong. I was praying, like I was praying that please don't let it be that. But as soon as when I tried to transfer out of my seat into the Washington to get、mm. off the plane, I knew it wasn't gonna be that easy. Yeah, because you、yeah. could smell it. Yeah, I'm like, oh shit, shit. <laughs> literally. <laughs> And then I felt like. My world ended, but this, you know, this is what ten, twelve years into being a quad, right? Yeah. And then I was like, oh yeah. So I told the guy that was with me, sorry about my fart. <laughs> I just make a joke out of it, and he's、yeah. like, oh okay, everybody does that. I was like, yeah, thanks. Ah,、uh, and then when I saw my husband, I whispered, and I was like, I think I made a boo boo. Ah,、uh, he's like, what kind of boo boo? I was like, you know, the kind that makes your nose wants to run away from you.、Uh, He's like, it's a bad boo boo. I was、uh, like, I don't know, but it sure doesn't smell like a good one. Yeah. So my husband's like, okay. So basically, he didn't even grab my board, transferred me into my into the back of the taxi. We got a cab,、oh, and he booked a hotel closest to where the airport was, so that we could get in there. And clean me out. Well, clean. And this was the second time I met my husband. Second time you met your husband. Wow. Oh,、yeah. well, like he was my boyfriend then. Oh. So second time we actually had anything to do with a bowel routine、oh, or、okay. like something like that. I I don't want to freak the guy out because、oh, sure. it was our like a second. But it was like it was early. Yeah, it was yeah. early on in the relationship, right?、Wow. But he was being so good about it. He's like, "Haha, you called it a boo boo. I would have called it a turd." <laughs> so he was so. <laughs> That's when you're like, "I'm gonna marry this man." I, I totally am. I was like, "If you can deal with my shit now,、oh, wow. you can deal with anything I throw you." <laughs> you have passed the test, honey.、Exactly. You got it. So、yeah. for me, I think the easiest way, I think, is mentally to. To be okay as well. Yeah. First of all, we have to be okay that it happens. Yeah. Because、yeah. you know what? Whether we're not okay or not, it's gonna happen. Yeah. So might as well suck it up suck and it be up. okay、yeah. with it. And secondly, I think a little humor doesn't hurt. I was、yeah. gonna say, yeah, like I was gonna say, like people like will like. Do like the shart or something like like we should have been. I've done, I've been driving one time and I like farted and I was like,、mm, there's more to that than anything yeah, else. I I know, and I like I like squeeze myself into the bathroom because I'm、uh-huh. I'm traveling alone. Luckily, so I like go into the bathroom and I was like, yep, that's、uh, the end of those underwears. And see, <laughs> able-bodied. Yeah. Well, and and like you're you laugh so hard that you're like I'm a bit my pants, and sure、yeah. enough, like there, there's there's like you know, and、yeah. and let alone you know, it does it's obviously in a、yeah. different context, but it's like I don't know if it's similar enough, but it's like it, it's definitely like funny、yeah. when an able able-bodied person says. Like, yeah, like, oops! I pissed my pants. Like, I, you、yeah. wouldn't believe. Like, I pissed my pants. Like, yeah, that's hilarious to hear. But like, um, obviously, it's not. not no, no, I don't. And you're like, you're think... preoccupied with the situation、yeah. of like pissing your pants. And you're like, Jesus. Then I'm. What did I just? Just did I just poop my pants a little bit? Like, did I just throw away underwear for you know like? <laughs> anyway, for that. You know, see,、oh, well. that's where the whole. Thing that comes that is that we 
or the people who are having the bowel, bowel issues、mm-hmm. and the incontinence, like us, can get over the fact that、yeah. we're not the only one that does it. Yeah. Yes, we're the only one that does it. That can help to clean ourselves up easily, quickly, or yeah. We're not the only one that does it. Able-bodied、yeah. persons do it all the time. They don't come out and talk about it、exactly. yeah. to another person. Maybe、yeah. they're doing it on their own, so they're not as embarrassed because other、yeah. people are involved. But Everybody does it. Yeah, we don't come out、yeah. and talk about it. Well, quads come out and talk about it all the time. Well, you do. <laughs> <laughs> What's a be- better way to break break the ice?、Uh, break the ice、mm-hmm. and to get. The quad to get used to what's coming. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Sure, yeah. I don't think that like I have been able to use humor as much for for like maybe I'm like. I'm better. I'm way better now than I used to be. But for me, it was always, especially as like a student and and things. If I was dealing with incontinence, it would it would totally be avoidance, like deny to the end. Yeah, yeah. Know, deny, deny, deny. Avoid, 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 and obviously like prevent as much as you can. But I mean, I I、um, like had. A similar thing with my boyfriend on our first year, on his first birthday, when I like planned a trip to the whatever theme hotel, Fantasyland Hotel, and my Botox was like running out because I will get Botox injections into my bladder to help with bladder spasms to like help prevent incontinence, basically. And yeah, I was definitely having accidents, and it was definitely obvious. But you know, it was just something to deal with, something that was like prepared for and like. Completely normal, basically. And of course, I was comfortable enough with him that I'm not avoiding it. But it's still, you know, something that that's like shitty and and hard, deal like we something we have to deal with. On top of just trying to have like a good time, you know, have, like it's just another facet of our lives that is, you know, part of wanting to like mess up our routine or have fun, travel, vacay. You know, it's just that when you mess up that routine. You're you're just oh you're taking a risk so yeah I mean exactly、uh, I think it's no matter how much we plan for it it's always gonna go somewhere else and our body's gonna decide to do whatever、yeah. it wants right yeah and there's if we accept the fact that there's nothing we can do about it it is part of our life it is what it is and then honestly we can get over. The fact that oh we had another accident yeah or it's such difficult thing to live beyond of having an issue you know what my nieces when they were like two three years old I would be like my caregivers are not around、mm-hmm. and I'd call my sister. I was like, "Sis, I need your help." Yeah. And so my nieces would come over too, and they're like, "Oh, Auntie Quinn is on the toilet again, <laughs> and mommy's helping her out." <laughs> and they're like, "What do you mean your mom is helping her out?" Oh, you know, like when she needs to poop, and my mommy needs to, like, you know, put a finger into her rectum and help her. They're like,、yeah. "What?" Well, my niece is like, "It's pretty normal." It's pretty normal. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's just like I think、Aww. if you make it、yeah. a normality in your life, and when、yeah. you talk about it,、yeah. hey, this is something that I can't help. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah. Um, when we normalize something that we feel is like so much drama in our own mind, uh, then it doesn't bother our lives as much. Yeah, and it takes that, that stress. So yeah, that e- that emotional stress. 
out of it that's that's there for like social stigma social interaction yeah you know we you and i we both have visible physical disabilities and that is something that um quinn and i have in common what is i guess would you like to divulge um what your disability is or well i am pretty open i am you know uh c67 quadriplegic i also broke my lower l3 level i got a crushed l3 it happens you know when you drive your car over a cliff and then you get Uh, ejected from the vehicle for 40 meters and then you know you kept rolling and i also at the point of my uh, uh spinal cord well, at the point of my ejection i also broke or cracked 16 uh, 13 fractures on my uh right shoulder sure. broke my right wrist and punctured my left lung so i think a disability is really a perception mm. our mm. own perception of what your disability is as far as i'm concerned right now Mm-hmm. I don't have a disability. Mm-hmm. I live fine in a wheelchair. My fingers don't work. I hold a pen fine. I may just hold it differently than you, but I hold a pen fine. I can write. A lot of times I can't read what I write. Yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> I'm working on that. You know, everyone's a work in progress. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you're also one of the very few quadriplegic moms that I know. You have a a boy, is that right? Yeah, I do. He's turning four this weekend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my Already. lord. Already. Wow. Can you believe it? <laughs> no. Life just, uh, you know, life goes too fast when you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was your journey like? Like, did you always want to have kids? When did you decide to have kids? Was it ever a factor, like, wanting to have kids with your disability? Well, when I first started or before my quad life, I thought I was going to get married when I was 25. I had a plan. I had written down and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, get married when I'm 25, 26, 27. I'm going to have my first kid. Uh-huh. Uh, 28, 29, I'm going to have a second one. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to live a great life as a great mom. And I'm going to do all these things with them. It's all in the plan, right? But then I go and have a spinal cord injury when I was like 20 three so that kind of crushed my plan Uh, and then you know going through a i was called like a horrible marriage uh right after the point of my spinal cord injury does not help the want and the need of wanting to be a mom because you know when you don't have the right partner uh you don't have the right support system you just feel that or i felt at the moment especially as a new quad motherhood was not in my books at that time i never gave up motherhood Mm -hmm. i just didn't think i was ready at that moment Mm -hmm. and i find that in order to be a mom i have to be okay with my life first Mm -hmm. so from that point on i try to build a stronger me i think that if i can't be a strong person mm-hmm. i don't deserve to be a mom because a mom have to be a really strong person because they are dependent upon by that child that mm-hmm. innocent child and yeah so even though i was in a marriage i wasn't comfortable enough to wanting to have a child uh again we're gonna go through that mm-hmm. in a bit is that because um i was in an abusive relationship 
and trying to bring a child into an abusive relationship, uh, in my mind, it was not fair for that child. Mm-hmm. I don't want some kid to see me getting beaten up every yeah. day or getting talked upon using the most horrific words in the English yeah. language. Mm-hmm. Like that's not fair no. for the life of the child. So then, you know, towards the later part of my marriage, I stepped away from yeah. sex, from anything that would even get me to the point of a child because my life is not okay so therefore it's not okay for me to bring a tiny life into this world Mm -hmm. Uh, so it wasn't even like at this point in your life it wasn't even the fact that like you like physically would be different or like have other struggles than a than an able-bodied mother it was like completely like not even a thought it was the actual relationship that you didn't want to bring the child into yeah i think you know whether you are a able an able-bodied person or a person that's quadriplegic like us the first thought is the child's life Mm -hmm. um whether i'm able to hold him or not i have to think about what kind of environment i'm bringing him or her into Mm -hmm. before i consider bring him her into it If I don't have a stable environment for the child, if I don't have a loving environment, or I can't be that strong person for the child, Mm -hmm. then if I bring that child into this world, I'm selfish. Mm -hmm. That was my whole thing is that I need to be there for the child and I have to put him or her first before anything else. Uh, As soon as you become a quad, your probability of getting pregnant and having a child is like cut to 50% or less just because of all the issues that we may have. Like nerve nerve stuff or... Oh, a nerve like um, extreme bloated in the legs and we can't shake it off and uh, then you know they could have a blood clot because of it mm-hmm. and oh, then okay. our blood pressure is a problem autonomic dysreflexia sure. becomes a problem so everybody it's high risk oh yeah. very high yeah. risk and so because that word high risk most people don't want us to get pregnant yeah. mm-hmm. thinking is too much too yeah. scary too it's not right yeah were you ever worried or did you ever receive like backlash from anybody in your life or even on social media after like the idea of you being pregnant or even trying to get pregnant, etc.? I'm like, if they don't know already, I'm, I'm eight months pregnant right now. Today. And today, 35 weeks. And I have not put it on social media um, for some reasons of like other quad moms out there and like some of the, the backlash that they've gotten and I just wanted to avoid that and like take that stress away especially in my early pregnancy and until it was ready and also like my partner is very private on social media so we just haven't gone that route and like I'm very interested in your experience and and if you if you have uh you know what I didn't announce it right away by choice I think Mm. it was a private matter I think it's a joy that I just wanted to have it for myself to learn from all the issues I may have. And um, I, I wanted that moment yeah. because it's so special to mm-hmm. us that I don't want to hear other people to say, oh, congratulations, but what are all the problems you may have? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so uh, nice of you to get pregnant too. Have you ever thought of this and that? Uh, for me, it's like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I want to enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I didn't have any morning sickness. So I was like, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I didn't 
get to throw up in the morning. <laughs> oh, man. Darn it. I miss all that. Lucky you. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's like I, I didn't announce it until my baby shower. Oh. Uh, the actual baby shower. For, like after, like the, I didn't announce it on Facebook until after my yeah. baby shower. Oh. Because by then, I've enjoyed all my private time yeah. together. And baby showers, like everybody knows about it like in my close circle yeah. anyways yeah. so there is no reason and, yeah and if anybody from outside my circle facebook or whatever wants to give backlash heh, whatever i'm yeah. already 38 35 months pregnant exactly. what can you do about it exactly <laughs> yeah well the baby's gonna about to come out yeah, yeah same, same thing, thing. Same same thing. thing. Yeah. so yeah like mm-hmm. i think it's like by the moment when you do decide to announce it to the world, yeah. you are strong enough and you feel strong enough and you're okay with announcing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it really is a personal matter. Like for me, I don't, I don't like I've always been, I don't really care what other people mm-hmm. who I don't know yeah. to make any comments about mm-hmm. my life. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't care. Yeah. Well, when, when, when like, when I was telling everybody very close to me, one person in particular who was very close to me was like probably the own well had had a negative reaction that was very like were just worried and maybe like unkind of familiar with the actual you know maybe uneducated a little bit ignorant about like the actual like possibilities of like you know the idea that we have to have a c-section mm-hmm. is you know there and like well what what if will your hips break you know will your will you, can your body even handle this what about your you know your weak bones mm-hmm. and, and everything like this and and like oh my god i don't know how you're gonna do the care after the baby comes like what are you gonna do yeah you know and just like all of this all of this and then continue 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 um all of this worry and it's just like yeah how about you let me think about these things and worry about yeah. those things like what do you want me to do i'm already like yeah. are you, what are you suggesting like <laughs> i'm already yeah. past the point of being go able to back. have an yeah. abortion yeah, go back. Yeah. yeah like even if the so yeah it, it's just kind of like what are what is the point of these this negativity or of these stressors yeah what do you what do you like as much as you love me and are worried for me there is nothing that any of this is helping right now so just like pick that up please yeah like put it in the garbage yeah do not need it well i like we talked like about that scenario or whatever and i remember like being like do you need me to like text you exciting things (laughs) for the next couple of days to like get this back on on some fun track here is that something that we need to do and i like and it because it is exciting like and anybody anytime anybody's pregnant you're gonna be like careful (laughs) and that's known for everybody that gets pregnant is that like you need to be careful and do what you need to do in order to like have this pregnancy the way that you want it and obviously like things don't go according to plan Mm -hmm. sometimes and and wherever it is but if you keep like doing what you feel like you need to do. That was the thing with you when we were, when we would talk about it, it'd be like, what do you, what do you need? Like right now, like I, I'm not there. You have people there and everything else and, and that sort of stuff. But like, can I do anything? Like, even if it is just like a fun, I'm amazing at gifts, like GIS or gifts or however you say that I'm amazing at them. And so I like, at one, I shot her one where it was like, you have a bunch of, little fingers inside yeah. <laughs> like fingers and fingers
fingers and fingers and fingers what? and like stuff like that where it's yeah. like just just get excited about it like don't worry like you know whatever Anyways, what's you your take attitude, though right? huh? what's your take on having kids like do you want kids me yeah has, oh shit does like having um, ADHD no, affect no. any of that decision I think uh I've always wanted to be involved in kids and like adoption and fostering and that sort of stuff um I did there was a scenario weird calling it a scenario but there was something that happened um when I did was when I was involved with with a kid in my house and it was like never mind like there's so much kids have such a way of like getting into your heart and everything which is beautiful but like also it means that like you kind of lose your mind a little bit because you're worried about this little person or this young person who doesn't know that the world isn't over mm-hmm. and you can tell them all these things and like watch them get their heart broken and watch them like what like just but then all the good stuff too that's like, the best part about watching their heart get broken you have to break their heart to break into this harsh world oh see <laughs> the after idea. being a mom i don't mind seeing my kid cry oh, if i'm gonna teach him a lesson cry baby cry. yeah well <laughs> and there's that too where it's like where it's like i i couldn't like in in the scenario like i was like yeah kids or whatever like it was always kind of like a, the possibility my grandma had kids when she was older and so like age was kind of that that idea mm-hmm. but you're like man like these little these little fun critters here and then they can do something and then it just break like it just turns you in a whole nother direction but I do still want to be involved and if I meet somebody and they're like you're like I want to have a family a nuclear family and like let's do that then then that would be on the table and stuff like that but but like before it was like yeah like I'll have kids and do that do that road but but for me mm-hmm. it's, it's not my uh you're not there yet. Yeah. You haven't found your moment. Yeah, yeah, and if and it's okay if it doesn't happen. You know, like it's it's not yeah. it's not. I like my life. I love what I'm doing. I'm finding um, purpose and everything else. And and independence is honestly like really quite amazing. Like I was able to come here and I share a dog with my dad, so my dog is taken care of and and that sort of stuff. But you can't. Well, I could probably bring a kid into your house, but like you know, like it's it's more dynamics to like do mm-hmm. do spontaneous or more spontaneous things. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'm involved, like I am still involved with youth, and that's still mm-hmm. like a thing. You're passionate, about yeah. That. Where it's like you still want to be able to leave an impression on the world somehow, mm-hmm. and and not the best and easiest way, but like a good way to do that is through. The next generation mm-hmm. so if i'm not physically going to have children in my life and in my house then am i going to do something for that generation in another way yeah like it's not i'm not not going to be involved in that generation i'm not going to be like sitting on the sidelines and be like the youth these days and like da, da, da. like i want to be involved they're fun they're smart they're energetic they have new ideas they they're living in a whole they're growing up in a whole another world um, with social media, cell phones, technology in general. And so that's, that's, I don't think I could grow up in the world that I grow up. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, so. But just like selfishly and like 
you know, following on this topic, mm-hmm. the like the assumptions, I guess, based that people that we that we get from people or from society and stuff like that, and the idea of like assuming that we as quadriplegics or as people with paralysis need to either can't have babies and if they can if for some miracle they can they have to have a c-section and what was your experience um with birth like if you're okay talking oh yeah totally so um as soon as i found out i was pregnant uh, when I spoke to my doctors about it, and the first thing is like, oh, we'll set up a date for C-section. Mm. I'm like, no, wow. sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, did my research. I'm going to do it until the final moment when the baby is going to, you know, having issues. Then we can do a C-section. Sure. But before then, sorry, I'm having a delay. The thing is that having a natural birth is not for everyone, but I want the full experience mm-hmm. of motherhood if you, yeah, yeah yeah i i still like i said right i consider myself normal like everybody else so then why shouldn't i get to choose it's my choice mm-hmm. and and that's that's seriously it's like a lot of people with disability that choice is taking away because of the unknown like in china you don't get a choice if you are in a wheelchair if you are going to go to the hospital and give birth, it's automatic C-section. Wow. You don't get a choice. A lot of people from China are like, what? Natural birth? I thought you can die. Like, you, you're putting your baby to health yeah. in jeopardy. Like, you're selfish. As a mother. Uh, yeah. Like, that's the one. Yeah. How dare you? want to experience. Yeah, I really want to experience when my blood pressure goes up to 280 over mm-hmm. 250. Right. But the the issue is that we're considered high risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know the high risk. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And as soon as they put that label yeah. and they try to baby you and smother you yeah. for just in case. Yeah. I know people want the best for us, yeah. but I think we know the best well, yeah. for our bodies. Yeah. Like, you know what? I will perfectly respect Nat if she goes and have a C-section. Sure. And I will also perfectly respect myself for wanting to go through that pain and, you know, the literally pain. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can't feel the pain. You know, as a quad, yeah. you know, that's the thing that most people don't know. We can't feel every single pain spot that comes our way, even yeah. though we can't feel most of our body. We can feel the pain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love it, right? Yeah. Uh, so, with, it. so with the uh, the thing is that you really have to research what is right for you. Yeah. Because we have a choice. Yeah. Through some of the research that I've found, um, is that you can have a vaginal birth. You can, you know, have a natural birth. And the only reasons why you would actually need a C-section, generally, of course, as much as everything medical is generalized for spinal cord injuries, but is only for any reason why an able-bodied person would also need a C-section. Yeah. If the ba- if baby's breached, if, you know, all, like, emergency C-section, anything goes wrong, you, like, it's blood clots, whatever, just any other medical condition that is completely just going to be the same as much amount of an issue for an able-bodied person as it would be for someone with a spinal cord injury. And, um, like, I was lucky enough that my OB has been very, like, gracious, very open about, like, what I 
consider, you know, she doesn't see any reason why we wouldn't go for a vaginal birth mm-hmm. unless like to the very end that so we will, we will have an emergency C-section, C-section booked. My experience is like when I see different doctors because we're, I'm seeing so many doctors because I'm labeled high risk, you know, I have a high risk trauma doctor. I have like a different doctor that I see for every ultrasound. And then when they're not always in, you see other doctors and I'll get different doctors that are either you know, they're just on call and whatever. And they're just almost every time. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm looking at your chart. Yeah. And you're having a C-section. Mm-hmm. They just see my wheelchair. They see that I'm in a bed and I'm paralyzed. And they're like, oh, it's a book C- scheduled C-section. Oh, that's great. Okay, great. And then, and you know, for the longest time, I thought that I didn't um, necessarily need an epidural because one of those doctors said, oh, you don't, you, you know, can't feel any- you can't yeah. feel pain. <laughs> so we'll just give you a little morphine drip and you'll be fine. Little did I know when I actually had to meet with an anesthesiologist that like because of our autonomic dysreflexia and risk of seizure and high blood pressure that like it is like a necessity i he is like, i thank god for my epidural right although i'm not 100 percent sure that i know for sure it worked <laughs> but i would not take that chance or take away that epidural. Yeah. if i were to ever give birth again like i wasn't planning i'm not planning mm-hmm. on a second child but if i ever to do it again i would have that epidural mm-hmm. in a heartbeat mostly is because of that my blood pressure so every contraction so you just know what's coming up mm-hmm. like <laughs> i thought i was having an ad attack so mm-hmm. what happened is that they set a date for me by the way i was teaching uh zumba at 35 weeks pregnant uh, <laughs> so that was my last zoom yeah. class and uh it was quite interesting trying to do, keep up and get everybody to keep oh up with me goodness. while doing all the shakes and, <laughs> and i was like okay i'm not i'm not gonna reach to the ground because or else i might pop out a baby yeah uh, but um anyways it was just so what happened is that i went in and they even though i was planned for a 38 month birth delivery. so i knew when delivery when approximately when it's going to be but if your baby at a certain weight already we don't want the baby to be too big especially in our situation Mm -hmm. to do a vaginal birth if you know your you got to watch the your baby's weight Mm -hmm. really carefully is that if the weight reaches uh, i say medium or slightly below or like a medium weight it's time for him or her to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a little bigger, it's already difficult for us to push. Yeah. Um, and then the bigger the baby is going to be even right. more. Again, it's difficult for able-bodied people yeah. to do that too, right? And the other thing, uh, just to backtrack about different doctors coming automatically assuming the C-section, <laughs> yeah. um, I find that's the reality that we deal with because not everybody understands us and i feel like i at times i feel like people are trying to force me to have a c-section mm-hmm. and by just like real life that we experience mm-hmm. every day is like no no know yeah. what you want and say no to the end until you get what you want yeah well it's always a, it's always a shocker when people think or hear that well no we're actually like planning for a vaginal and like even my partner was like c-section you just get it over with it's easier you know and even like i like just family members c-section you know it's safer like don't stress yourself and all that when really the recovery of a c-section like a wound for us a cut or a wound is going to take a million more years to heal than, mm. than, you know, than recovery from a vaginal birth. And, you know, like, I don't, I haven't even heard uh, from my OB about the weight 
of a baby and like the difficulties and like how many months or how many weeks like I feel like this is something that like I need to enlighten her about because um you know she she says she has delivered a baby from someone with a spinal cord injury I don't think it's been more than one so like and I, I really like my OB but I just think that like there's still like things that she's learning you know and we're just kind of going with it going with the flow but a lot of the things that I know I know because of Quinn because I've like asked her questions and you know done research and like I have a I have a friend in the states who's a quad mom at like C56 uh, and she has twins and like a whole she's made a whole documentary about it right so like we are like kind of still an anomaly or just it seems that way and we're like coming out of being an anomaly right if you do your research you'll find that there are a lot of moms out there with paralysis lots of quad moms a lot of paramoms like lots and lots of paramoms but there are lots of quad moms if you really look for it yeah like i got my information from my girlfriend who used to live in vancouver now in ottawa and she had a boy and she's very similar to our situation Mm -hmm. i asked her a question i contact people out in the states i joined mommy groups on facebook you can't google it like you can google it you Google quad moms or like having babies with spinal cord. Good luck. Really? It, oh. It's not something. It's published. Uh-huh. It's not something well talked about. Uh-huh. And you know what? We can actually push. Yeah. So a lot of people is like, you know, you can't move your fingers. How are you gonna push uh-huh. a baby out? So if you time the contraction right. Yeah. Um, basically, I had my both my palm on the bars on the side of the bed and each contraction when the doctors are ready i pushed with every ounce of energy in my body that lessened my ad pain because i my mind is so focused focused on the push Mm -hmm. and yeah it was like probably took six or seven pushes do you feel like there's anything pressing or lingering that we didn't really cover that you want to still say like i know we touched a little bit on like abuse and disability but not extensively or is there anything you can think of that you like that want to get out it could be a whole another episode too we could yeah, do yeah that. like if that like, could be a whole another thing that could be a whole that that should be a yeah. whole thing you know yeah like i said earlier ray um my my thing has been Uh, all about disability rights, women rights. And I think there are so many issues when it comes to what happens to us behind closed doors uh, that I think would be a great topic that we can pick up another day, probably, you know, even like a three, four or 10 hour talk. (laughs) Because it's not talked about. I just, I mean, just think about that first case of elderly abuse that came out. Remember the shock that went across the world. It's all it's been happening for a very, Forever. very long time. Nobody lit the fire. Nobody took a video and the older person didn't say anything about it or couldn't say anything about it for this to come out in the open. And same thing with the first bullying incidents. There's so many things that we need to talk about so that other people is aware of what's going on. So things can be done and so we can 
support those ones are, you know, currently in those situations. Give them a voice. Perhaps give them strength to say no. Even、um, I just think, you know, the topic of disability rights would be something. Yeah,、um, yeah, you can mark that down. I mean. Come on! God damn! Pretty damn good on that one. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So,、um, if you haven't already, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I don't know. Let's go. If you haven't,、uh, we are on the socials at the Mixed Crips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our Gmail account is the Mixed Crips at Gmail dot com. In that lower tone too. What's up? Check, Check us out. And I mean, you better keep, keep rolling, rolling forward, forward one row at a time. time.